0: Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, can we talk about your mistakes today?
1: Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Just, I love sessions like this because it plays to my strengths, what I do well. Mess up.
0: Yeah, Chris, we all make mistakes and we've all experienced our share of failures and successes. But what I want us to see in this week's study is that failure does not need to define us.
1: There's hope. That's good news. Uh, this is a good session for us. We are um, in right in the middle of uh, our study on mentoring, investing in others. And uh, most of our uh, conversations up to this point have been positive uh, mentoring experiences. Um, here, we're going to have the chance to look at someone uh, that made some mistakes along the way, and I think, I think we all do. And uh, there's hope that God can redeem and, and give us second chances, second opportunities. Today, we have Gina Rogers with us.
0: Gina serves as the content editor for our young adult resources that are a part of Bible Studies for Life. And we'll talk a little later, but Gina is also going to be taking on the Daily Discipleship Guide. We'll be hearing about it in weeks to come, about Gina's role, because the Daily Discipleship Guide is going to be coming our young adult resource in the fall. Like I said, we'll talk about this in weeks to come, but I'm excited about what Gina is doing with young adult ministry through the Daily Discipleship Guide.
1: Because she is a young adult, right?
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm definitely a young adult in my mind.
0: Speaking of young adults, we are in a study on mentoring, and we're going to look at a, a very young adult. That's Samuel we're looking at Eli and his role with Samuel. So where we're gonna go with this study is, as we look at Eli, how he worked with Samuel, we're also gonna see his failures with his own sons. But this is what we want to drive at. Don't let mistakes, past mistakes, prevent you from being an effective mentor. For this study, we're gonna be in 1 Samuel, and we're gonna begin in chapter two. But before I begin reading, Chris, why don't you set the stage for what we're about to read?
1: okay so this is the end of the, the period of the judges. Uh, I, uh, Samuel will be considered the last of the judges of Israel. so after Joshua who we talked about uh, last week uh, led the people into conquering the promised land, then there was these there were these series of judges. Um, we're introduced to Samuel. Even before he was born, uh, his mother's name was Hannah, and in First Samuel one, uh, she is praying for a, a, a child. She she is barren, and uh, she's at a uh, synagogue praying. Eli thinks she's drunk. <laughs> I don't know if that, what that says about Eli. Uh, he sees her mu- her her lips are moving, and no sounds coming out. So. Uh, she, she confides in him that she's praying for uh, God to give her a child. And uh, if God would bless her with a son, she would dedicate him to the Lord. And Eli lets her know, your prayer is going to be answered. So uh, a few months later, Samuel is born. Uh, she returns to let uh, Eli know of God's blessings at the appropriate time. And then she brings Samuel uh, to uh, to Eli um, to have that role of uh, in training. In the meantime, um, Eli is older. He has two sons, Phineas and Hophni, and they are wicked. They are sinful uh, men in their in their responsibilities over uh the these the, the practices of worship. Uh they are uh involved in secu- sexual immorality and indiscretions with uh with women who are coming to uh the uh to offer sacrifices they're taking food that doesn't belong to them and so they are gluttonous and uh everyone knows so um scolds them and uh, corrects them, but doesn't do anything else to stop uh, their indiscretions. And they, so they continue on.
0: Well, let's begin in verse 22. And we're going to pick up this picture of Eli and his relationship with his sons. But I want us to notice at the end of this passage, the contrast with Samuel. Verse 22. Now, Eli was very old. He heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they were sleeping with the women who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He said to them, Why are you doing these things? I have heard about your evil actions from all these people. No, my sons, the news I hear the Lord's people spreading is not good. If one person sins against another, God can intercede for him. But if a person sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? but they would not listen to their father since the lord intended to kill them by contrast the boy samuel grew in stature and in favor with the lord and with his people
1: so interesting uh, interesting story um you know this happens all the time you know we we all have seen and heard of stories of religious righteous people uh whose whose children um uh, did not follow in their in their footsteps, so it's it's a it's a cautionary tale that is is as old as um, early in the in the Old Testament and continues on to this day.
0: You don't pick this up in the passage exactly what Eli did wrong. I mean, it sounds like he was just giving advice to his sons, but you've got to go a little further in the chapter. We have this word from an unnamed prophet. Who says you know you've honored your sons more than me by making yourselves fat with the best of the offerings of my people? It's like he's saying, Eli, you may have said something, but you didn't say enough. You didn't discipline enough.
1: So when I hear these words, I'm reminded of David uh, with his son Absalom. That will, as you read on in Scripture, you'll we'll see that story as well. Um, sometimes, sometimes fathers have hard time. Uh, correcting, rebuking their sons, and uh, uh, they don't either don't do anything, or don't say anything, or or don't take the uh, the necessary steps to to correct and to discipline. And uh, evidently, that's the case uh, in the life of Eli and his sons.
2: I think I was just going to say this from the very outset of this session; uh, it challenges me on multiple levels. But I think. For me, the heart of that is um, I tend to be hesitant to admit my failures. I don't really want to talk about those things very much. But this is a perfect story of how God grows us through that and how he can use that in the lives of other people, too. So um, but it, it challenges me.
0: Well, let's keep in mind the context of what we're talking about. Here we're talking about the role of mentors, and here we see Eli serving as a mentor to Samuel. Now, I thought some people might look at Eli and expect him to say to Hannah, Samuel's mom, he said, you know, I can't be the one to raise Samuel. I raised my own two sons, and I failed miserably. But I think what we see in this passage is that just not everybody listens to wise counsel. And we don't know everything that Eli told his sons, but we do see what the result is. Whatever Eli told them, they didn't do. They did not follow and, obey and be obedient to the Lord. And yet, I love how verse 26 starts. It says that by contrast, the boy Samuel grew in stature and found favor with the Lord and with people. Here's Samuel. He's now growing under the same man, yet he turned out just right. He was obedient to the things he was learning and hearing.
1: It's interesting. And probably a, a conversation that could be had is, uh, who, who do people go to? Who do they listen to, uh, for, for counsel in our, in our culture? And I, 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 I continue continue to see references to social media influencers and, uh, my danger signs go off. Anytime I hear that terminology, I'm thinking that's probably the last person that you want to listen to.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, the thing I love on Facebook, and I say this sarcastically, someone will post a question and they're sincerely asking this question and they're waiting for people's advice. But I'm thinking, oh, don't do that because you're going to get strangers arguing with each other. It's like watching a train wreck.
1: Yeah, let's pull, let's pull our ignorance.
0: <laughs> let's move on to chapter three. And we're going to pick up in verse seven. Now, here's the context. What's happening here is that it's nighttime. Eli's in bed. Samuel's in bed, uh, sleeping near the tabernacle. And God calls to Samuel. And Samuel being the young boy he is, he hears this voice. So he goes to Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Just go back to sleep this happens multiple times. Now let's pick up in verse seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord has not been revealed to him. But once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli understood the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, Speak, for your servant is listening.
1: Great passage. Uh, I appreciate so many things about it, and I I hope that this will be the heart of the session as our groups get together to talk about how do we know when god speaks how can we learn from others how can we discern these things Um, these are all important uh, conversations to have in our groups
0: can i add a personal note sure my earliest absolute earliest memory of church or sunday school i remember being in a little bible study room as a preschooler and hearing this story this story's always stuck with me because i just remember god calling to samuel Now, but what I like in this story, too, is the role of Eli. He helped Samuel to see, to discern that God was speaking to him. And that's part of our role as mentors, is that we're to help others to discern the voice of God, how God speaks to him. Earlier in the winter, we had a study called How to Discern the Voice of God. And part of that was the idea of how do I pick up on God's voice from the myriad of other voices out there in the world? See, that's a great role we can have as we get to disciple other people.
1: Yeah, we had a great conversation with Richard Blackaby, who, who was the author of that study, and uh, he is out of that tradition from um, his dad, Henry Blackaby, who wrote Experiencing God, who has helped a generation better understand uh, how— how God speaks, how to know he, he speaks, how to discern it, that it's God, not somebody else. So that was a great session for us. And it's a great opportunity for us to follow follow up with that, uh, with this. I, I guess I, as I was thinking about this in preparation for it, um, I, I just wonder if sometimes in the church and in our groups and on Facebook uh, discussion pages, Lynn, uh, that people who've never heard god speak or don't know how god speaks or sometimes trying to answer uh the question uh, it, without any expertise and uh, I, i'm grateful for this story where e- eli recognizes that that uh, perhaps god is speaking Uh, to the boy and gives him advice as to how to respond. And those are great words for us to apply to our lives. When we sense God is at work, when we sense he's speaking, when we see he's at work, just to pause and stop and say, speak to me, Lord, show me what you have for me. Um, And again, he does that through his word. He does that through the proclamation of his word. He does that through Bible study groups. He does that as we pray together. The Holy Spirit works to reveal uh, God's work and God's will in our lives, and uh, it's really a lifelong adventure to discover how God speaks to us. Um, I think one of the unique things in in the Christian experience is there's not one way that this happens. There's, there's a variety of ways that God speaks to us and reveals himself to us, and um, it, it takes a lifetime to to come to understand that and respond to it appropriately.
2: I think I'll I share a personal experience with this specific thing. After I studied experiencing God, they talked about, you know, the way God speaks to us through his word, through others, through circumstances, inner promptings. I I never really I mean there were some of those things that I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know that I'd experienced that personally and I had a precious mentor that walked beside me for many years. She helped me understand those things. And she helped me with that by sharing her own experiences, kind of what this looked like in her life. And then helped me see what that looked like in my life, in some of the situations I was experiencing. But I think it also helped me realize I don't take that for granted with other people either, that maybe people that I mentor, that they may or may not understand that. And so sharing those experiences can be really powerful.
0: Let's continue on in First Samuel chapter 3. We're going to pick up in verse 15. But what we're kind of passing over here is what God said to to Samuel. We're passing over those words that he was told to convey to Eli. But what we're going to pick up on is it's the next morning. This is verse 15. Samuel lay down until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the Lord's house. But he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Here I am, answered Samuel. What was the message he gave you? Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. May God punish you and do it severely if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and did not hide anything from him. Eli responded. He is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good.
1: So um, Sam Crouch um, in the uh, personal study guide um, said that in all likelihood, Samuel was 12, maybe around that age, could be a little younger, could be a little older, but uh, essentially a child. And uh, God has spoken. And so Boy, can you imagine the fear and trepidation that he felt, knowing that God had given this message of judgment about Eli and his sons? Yeah, you know, I don't want to get up in the morning and have that conversation uh, with with the person that's uh, responsible for me, with the adult in my life who's uh, who's training and and me, uh, that had to be a, a, a frightening experience for a young boy to hear this word from the Lord. And what do I do with this?
0: The point I think we need to pull from this is the idea that God's word can be painful to be here, but we still have a responsibility to share it. Here's this young boy, and the first message he gets to share is a hard one. And it's to his mentor, the one who's been mentoring him but that's the call for us as we mentor others. What I want us to see in this study again is that our past does not have to define us. We can still mentor others, even though we may have failed in the past in some area of our life, or maybe we had a poor experience discipling someone else. That doesn't mean we can't disciple others now. We can learn from our mistakes, but our mistakes do not make us a failure. God can still use us, each one of us where we are
2: well i just kind of in closing i have one thought it one of the cool things i see is we know that samuel went on to play a significant role in israel's history in the anointing of david and so that's that's his legacy but that is also how the lord redeemed eli's legacy and that yeah there was failure but God is just faithful to redeem that if we put ourselves in the position to allow him to do so. And so he did that through Samuel. And I think that's pretty cool.
0: Gina and Chris, thank you for your participation in this conversation. Thank you. Let me remind you, too, that as you wrap up your Bible study, be sure and leave some time at the end for the Live It Out page that's in your personal study guide or your daily discipleship guide. It's important that, as we've talked about Eli and Samuel, to turn that conversation around and ask, "Okay, God, what do you want to do with this in my life? How do you want me to apply this to my work in my life?"
1: I'm grateful that we're that we're looking at this example. I think there are going to be a lot of people in our groups that uh, maybe would have said. Uh, you know i i can't mentor i'm hesitant to to provide anything i've i have sins i have failures in my life and so this is a great story to show us that um, even though uh, eli was not a success as a father uh, he had great impact on samuel's life he he helped him to discern god's voice and and he continued so that continued to be a part of Samuel's life. It's like what Gina talked about, that uh, the legacy of Samuel is tremendous. But it all began with, with Eli helping him to understand that God was speaking to him.
0: I'm glad you all joined us for this podcast. And we hope that as you meet with the group this week, that you, whether you're leading the group or you're sitting in the group, we hope you have a great Bible study. And we look forward to being with you again next week.